episode 175 of the Bevan James Oz Show, a different way of looking at New Year's resolutions. Radio team, welcome along to episode 175 of the Bevan James. I'll show you a fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Well, this is the beginning of a new decade. And uh, it's quite crazy when you think about a new decade, isn't it? It's interesting nowadays with your social media, like your Facebooks, and they have, you know, they have the memories that will come up in your Facebook feed. And, uh, you know, sometimes you see the memories from, they'll have a photo and, and it seems like a lifetime ago. It will only be three or four years ago. And it's quite fascinating to think about where your life was at the beginning of the last decade. So at the beginning of 2010. Uh, and just to think of where your life is now. And um, in many ways, well, I, hope you've, well, I hope you've grown, I hope you've you've enriched your life with some amazing experiences and you've grown as a person, you've developed yourself as a person. It, it is interesting to actually think about this. I'm just kind of thinking on my feet here right now, but it's interesting to think about this in regards to has your life shifted a lot in the last 10 years? Like, and I imagine this question really depends on the age you are in your life. For some people, um, maybe the younger the younger people in the audience, you know, they might have only been 20 at the beginning of 2010s. And so I imagine you know, where their life is now may be completely different to what they thought it would be. And then there's the person who's maybe been doing the same life for 10 years. I was speaking to a lady the other day, I may have talked about the show on the show in the past, but I was speaking to one of my runners the other day, and uh, a lady who's very fortunate because she retired very young, her and her husband did quite well financially, and they, they lead a very experienced, rich life. Now this lady would probably be in her late 50s, or somewhere in her 50s, uh, and one thing that was really, we were talking about, you know, because she just has lots of amazing experiences in her year. And she was, we were talking about this age thing, because one thing you hear from people as they get older is they say that time goes faster the older I get. And I've always had this philosophy that I kind of don't think that's true. I think what tends to happen is that when you tend to live the same day in and out, day in, day out, then what tends to happen is your life just merges into one. And so it just seems so time's flying because you're not really doing anything different. Whereas when you're leading an experienced rich life, then you get to, you know, your time seems to go slower. And I was speaking to this lady the other day who is someone who was, again, a fortunate to retire very young and is leading this very experienced rich life. Lots of travel, lots of experiences, just, you know, living a really great life. And she, when I mentioned this to her, she said, I totally agree, because I'll go away and I'll just do all these amazing experiences. And it seems like time just goes slow while I'm doing it. Not slow as in, like, boring, but just seems like, you know, life's almost on a bit of slow motion as you do this. And it's just a really interesting thing to think about in regards to your life. Are you, what are you filling your life up with? Are you just filling it up with the groundhog day of yesterday on top of today? Or are you creating an experienced rich life, which is broadening your experience of your interactions, your, you know, your activities, your, your knowledge, you know, all of these types of things. And when we think about that, that's a really interesting thing to think about, isn't it? Because, Reflecting upon my last year, so 2019, 
I'm someone who's really put an emphasis on trying to have an experienced rich life. It's something I've always tried to do. And uh, I think I've done really well with that over my life. But I have to admit, when I got to the end of last year, because one thing, I'm a very reflective person, and I got to the end of last year, and normally at the end of each year, I just kind of think, well, what are the key things that I really take away from this year? What were the, the key, not you know, not key learnings, although I do that as well, but just what will I look back on this year and remember in, from in the future? It's One thing I love doing when I'm sitting in a group of people is just asking some really good questions, and that is one of the questions I'll ask. I'll say to people, 20 years from now, what will be the three things you remember most about this year? And most years, I, I have lots of answers to that question, but last year I didn't. Like at the end of 2019, I, I really didn't. There weren't that many things that were that 20 years from now I'll look back on and go oh yeah that was a significant thing from that year whereas in every other year in the last decade I would say there's some really obvious answers each year and that was almost a bit of a concern to me because I am someone who tries to lead an experience rich life and in many ways when I reflect upon 2019 I did get a bit into that groundhog day kind of way of living that I, I end up kind of repeating the same day over and over again now in saying this I don't have a dissatisfying life my my groundhog days are still a pretty cool day but that's not what I ultimately want to be doing with my life I want my life to be an experience rich life where I am challenged where I am growing where I am filling my cup up with as much as what life has to offer me and so it's one thing I'm thinking about as I move into 2020 is this whole idea of what do I need to shift? Because obviously last year, while it wasn't a terrible year, there wasn't enough significant things that really shifted me or, or challenged me in many ways. And as I'm kind of talking about this with you right now, what, what would that be for you? What would be some of those things? Or, or are you like me is probably a better way of putting that. Now, if you aren't, if you are someone who is a bit like that client I was talking to or a bit like me from other years, well done. And make sure you continue that on for next year. But if you are someone who is just living a bit of a groundhog day, what do you need to shake up? Because if you want to create those experiences, you've, you've got to kind of shake things up. And, and the reason I was a bit groundhog day last year was partly because I focused a lot on my business and putting a lot of time into growing my business. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it did come at a cost. And so getting that balance right is something that you've really got to think about. So just some thoughts on that right now, because today in today's show, I'm going to be digging deep into New Year's resolutions. And I've just got some thoughts on them, because let's be honest, most people fail at New Year's resolutions. And there's there's lots of reasons for this. And so I just thought for today, because it's that time of the year, you know, I'm recording this on the thir- 13th, I think 13th of January, um, I thought it'd just be a good chance to give some thoughts on how I feel you could do better at setting up and creating change that you desire in this year and maybe even a new decade. So there you go. So that's this podcast I'm going to get into in a second. Before I do, I just want to say a big thank you to all the patrons. The patrons are the people who give me a little bit of their hard-earned money after every episode that I release. And if you want to become a patron, go to www.bevanjamesisles.com. On there, you'll see a support support me button, or if you go to the podcast section, it's just all very obvious on there. You set it up, and each time I release a show, you just donate a little bit of money my way, and it just supports me what I'm doing. And when you do, you get a cool Bevan James Isles show nickname, and these people are people who have been 
patrons of the show for a while, and this is Nathan the Hurricane. Nathan, I don't know your last name, so if you could send that through, that'd be great. We have um, Mary Jane the Magic Mariko. We've got Katrina the Architect. We've got Kim Anderson Headley searching further. We've got Lana Kingy, the Queen of Change. We've got Wendy Schaefer, Rockstar, and we've got Louise Kitchen Queen Crosby. These people all support me in what I do for the podcast. If you want to support me as well, go to bevanjamesoz.com, and it's all pretty obvious on the website. Anyway, let's get into New Year's resolutions. So we're at that time of the year now. I know sometimes people listen to podcasts at different times. They, they seem to sit in the ether forever. And you may not necessarily be listening to this in January. But this is being released on January, I think the 13th of twenty. 20. Actually, I'm going to check the date. Let's have a look. It is the 13th, January the 13th, 2020. So it's not just a new year, it's a new decade. And as I was talking about before we got into the main part of the show, this is, you know, 10 years from now, what life do you want to have? And the New Year's resolution is something that most of us do because there's times in our life where reflection becomes a big moment for us. Now, sometimes these reflection moments happen because situations in our life change. So it might be a relationship breakup. It might be a career shift. It might be you've finished study and now you have to look at moving into your career. So those are when self-reflection happens around a change moment. And then there's times where self-reflection happens just because of a time. And the New Year's resolution is a good example of that. It's a time of year where we all sit down, or most of us sit down, and we kind of just think, where am I and where do I want to be? Now this is a really valuable time. Self-reflection to me is one of the most important things we can do in life because through self-reflection we ask ourselves good questions, we we kind of look in the mirror in a way that is really healthy for us and ultimately if you're successful with the self-reflection what that leads to is a place where you create change. But unfortunately for most people when it comes to New Year's resolution that, that moment of self-reflection is kind of wasted. And for me, that, there's a few reasons for this. And I kind of, when I was doing the kind of prep for today's show, I kind of did a, um, what did I do? I did New Year's resolution search. And, and I found a list of, I just kind of did a Google search. And I was, kind of, I was interested to see what kind of advice people were giving around New Year's resolutions. And I just found like, I just clicked on the kind of the first site on Google. And... Like this person, this site here has got New Year's resolutions that you can do. So first one is start a meditation practice. Second, learn something new each day. Uh, number three, pick a hobby, play more, eat fewer calories, write a business plan, move, move, move more, and read more books. Or be more grateful, stop procrastinating, set up an hour aside to achieve your dreams, um, spend more time in nature, start doing planks every day, enjoy the little things, learn a new skill, become more confident, <laughs> become more conscientious, um, increase your charisma, increase your IQ, increase your emotional intelligence, Jesus, this goes on and on, keep a journal. Now, this is almost to me the biggest problems with New Year's resolutions. This person has written a list of around 40 different New Year's resolutions. Now I get that they're not, um, you know, they're not saying you should do all 40, I get that. But, and they're probably just sharing some ideas of what you can do for your New Year's resolution. Um, but many of these things are things that are quite hard to implement into your life. Like for example, to give yourself an hour a day 
to achieve your dreams, that's a really cool idea. But that's a big that's a big shift. An hour a day, I don't know about you, but I'm a pretty busy person. And an hour a day to, to achieve my dreams is a big shift. Now, I'm not saying it's not valuable. I'm not saying it's not a good idea. But in some ways, it's one of those things that people put down to do that never actually happen. And to me, that's one of the biggest problems with New Year's resolutions. People almost get this moment of self-reflection. They see and desire that they want to create change. But then they put a target and a plan in place, or maybe not even put a plan in place, that makes them kind of fail from day one. You know, set an hour aside a day to achieve your dreams. Well, I imagine after the first week, you probably haven't done it every day, unless you're planning this really well. So then it just becomes that New Year's resolution that you never actually do. Now, to me, if, if we are going to spend this time self-reflecting, ultimately that's wasted time unless we create some change. And I wanted to kind of think about, I want to share some thoughts around this in a different way. So I'm going to take you back to my holiday period. Now New Zealand, I'm based in New Zealand. Um, New Year's for us is our holiday period. So in New Zealand, summer is basically November to the end of January. Um, And so we tend to take, New Zealand tends to take their big holiday period over this time of year. So my wife and I, we took about three and a half weeks off from basically like the 20th of December and we came back to work to like t- today actually, the 13th of January. So in New Zealand, it's, a, it's where we take our holidays. So New Year's happens in that period. I imagine in places where winter is happening, um, you probably don't take big holidays over the New Year period, but it's probably still some reflection time. But I just want to share my experience over the holiday period because Holidays are really interesting times in your life because I got to the end of last year and I needed a break. I was absolutely physically and mentally shattered. It'd been a big year on business, been a big year physically, and I, while I managed it wisely, I definitely got to the end of the year looking forward to the moment where I could just unwind. That 20th of December came around and uh, my wife and I, we were lucky that we could unwind. So, you know, for me, I live in a world where I get up at quarter to five every morning. So every day I was able to sleep until like eight o'clock. Um, I did a little bit of exercise, but nothing too extraneous. It was just more about keeping a base fitness in place. Um, I just relaxed. I read some books. I went camping with some friends. I had some good social time, um, watched some movies. I just allowed myself that time to relax. Now that's a really important time. Now one other thing I did in this time as well is I also set some limits around things like the phone. Because sometimes when you get to downtime, you can end up just wasting downtime. And so I set the objective of, my, my objectives of my holiday period was to, to relax wisely, to connect with people and to have some nature experiences. That's all I wanted to do. So my, my wife and I did some amazing beautiful walks, made sure we connected with our friends and then relaxed wisely. So relaxing wisely isn't spending all day playing iPhone games. Relaxing wisely is reading a book or meditating or you know, watching a movie or just stuff like that for me was where I was trying to achieve it. Now, in a holiday period, especially when I'm coming off a year where I was absolutely fatigued, I, I needed that. You know, and for the first two weeks of the holiday, I really just needed to hit those objectives. Oh, drop my pen. Uh, to hit those objectives. And I did. I really hit those objectives really well. I connected nature and relaxing in a wise way was what I had. In the last week of the holidays, 
I, I kind of already got what I needed from my holidays. So I tended to find that I got to that point where, and you may know this yourself, where you want to get back to routine. Where, you know, like while I'd hit my objectives, I kind of was starting to get to that place where it was getting a little bit long. And then suddenly some bad habits were starting to slip in. And I want, you know, I kind of got to that place where I was looking forward to get back into the swing of my year. You know, get back into that routine that I kind of have in a day-to-day way. And I think most of you will kind of agree when you have holidays of a long enough period, that tends to be what happens, isn't it? You have, you know, that period where you kind of get what you need because you're so buggered or you're so fatigued. And then once you've had that, then if it goes a little bit longer, you kind of get, you're kind of itching to get back to your routine. Now, to me, when we think about New Year's resolutions, and particularly for those people who have holidays over this period, the first thing I think you've got to get in place is, when I go back to routine, how do I make sure I go back to my best version of my routine? So, let's, let's, let's clarify that again. Because there's levels of you, isn't there? There's the, you know, there's the 30% level of you. And what does that mean? The 30% level of you is that version of you where you're ultimately in a pretty dissatisfied place. Where you know deep down you're not living your day that well. Uh, you know, you're probably wasting a lot of time. You're probably on social media way too much. You're probably eating poorly. You're unmotivated. You know, it's just that lesser version of you. Then there's that mid-range version of you where you're kind of in pockets of your day are really great and then pockets of your day are really wasted. I was speaking to somebody the other day and they said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at my day, but I suck after five o'clock at night. You know, so that's probably, you know, that 50 to 60% version of you. And then there's that kind of higher version of you where... You have that day where you're just kind of killing it. You know, from the moment you wake up right through to the moment you go to bed, you're just kind of doing great. And, and, and it, 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 you know, you're just, you're just killing it. It's a really good day. Now, when I think of coming back from a holiday, I want to go straight back into that higher version of myself. So when I get back to routine after a holiday, I don't want to spend the first few weeks in that 30% version of me. I don't want to spend it in that 50 to 60%. I want to be in that top end, that kind of 80% plus version of myself. So when we think about going back to routine, what I want you to first identify is what are the greatest tools and strategies I use when I'm at that highest level of myself? I'm going to say it again because it's really important. What is the greatest tools and strategies that I use when I'm at the highest level of myself? I want you to reflect upon this upon yourself right now. So when you're at that, when you have that greatest day in your life, what are the tools and strategies you use? So a good example I, I have, I one of my runners is a lady who is a very, very successful career woman, high level job and a, and a very important um, area of our community, um, you know, just someone who I imagine is under the pump 100% of the time and just high demands. And now she exercises with the group and we had a really good discussion before Christmas around diet. She wanted to lose some weight um, and we just, we had a talk around why is she overweight? You know, it's, it's kind of where I start, well, why do you think you're, why do you think you're carrying too much weight? And really it came down to bad food planning. So because she lead a very demanding life, um, food planning tended to fall out the back door, which then led on to things like eating too much, 
uh, eating on the run, which is often bad food and high volumes of bad food, getting home at night and just kind of just grabbing lots of food and see if they're having good meals planned, and so on and so on. I'm sure you can identify with this. You know, when we do not have structure around nutrition, we tend to eat more poorly. Now, her life was pretty demanding. So what we said, I just kind of challenged her. I said, okay, well, one thing I want you to do in the next week is just to sit down on the weekend and plan your food for the week. So she did. She came back the next week and she nailed it. She'd done really well. And so that was about, that was probably in late November when we had that conversation. So I was coaching her this weekend and I just said, oh, how's the nutrition stuff going? And she said, oh, I've killed it. I'm just... I've stayed on top of the habit, I've done it every week, I plan my meals, I cook my meals on the weekend, so then when I come home I have good options, and I said, what, what's the flow on effect of this, and she said, oh, it's just, you know, I'm just eating really healthy, I've probably lost some weight, you know, she's doing really well because of this. Now, that's a really great strategy for this person. That strategy means she eats healthier, she eats the right volume, which means she probably manages her weight in a much healthier way. So that's a really good strategy. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. What are the strategies that you use when you're in the highest version of yourself around routine, around habit? So talking about myself, so in the first two weeks of the holidays, it was all unwinding. The last week, I got the itchy feet of wanting to get back to routine. Now, I could have got to today and kind of gone back to my 30% routine, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to kind of hit today at 80%. I wanted to hit 80 plus. So when I sat down yesterday to kind of plan my week, the first thing I identified was when I'm at my best, what are the tools that I use each day to keep me at my best? Now, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you probably know some of the things that I use, but I'll, I'll talk about them right now. So I had my weekly meeting. I have my objective session, and I've talked about this on the podcast. So my weekly meetings about planning my week and planning my time around where am I going to spend my focus at different times in my day. Then my objectives session is about setting the objectives for the week. So at the end of this week, I want to have achieved these objectives that are helping me move towards the path that I want to go down. Then when I wake up in the morning, I read my Bevan book. My Bevan book is a book that I've created, which is basically like a PDF book, which is about... 30 pages, a lot of it's images, but it's just about recognizing who I am, who I want to be, my goals, and just, it's a real alignment tool that I use. Then when I sit down to start working in the morning, I grab a piece of paper, I look at my diary, I write down my objectives for today, and then I do that before I start to work. I I play my meditation in, you know, these are the tools I use to get myself to that 90%, 80 plus percent version of myself. When I use these tools, I consistently stay in that place. When I don't use these tools, I don't. So when I've come back from this period of kind of itching to get back to routine, I haven't just gone get back to routine. I've gone, what are the tools that the highest version of myself uses and how do I make sure I've put them in place? Now, it's really interesting because, you know, it's day one today. This is my first kind of routine day of the year. And I've just got that, I've got that feel, you know what I mean? I've got that, I've got that energy, I've got that, that sense of direction and purpose behind me. I woke up at 5.30 this morning and already this morning, I've, you know, I've, I've done my diary, I've, I've done my Bevan book, I've written right there on a piece of paper next to me, I've got my objectives here. I've already got some, some of the key objectives for work done before now, and it's only called to 8 in the morning, I'm doing this podcast right now. So I've been really focused and I've instantly slotted back into that 80% version of myself. 
Like, I kind of know I'm going to win today already, and I'm only two and a half hours into my day. So that's the first thing I think about when thinking about New Year's resolutions, is you've got to have in place the strategies that keep you at a higher version of yourself anyway. Because if you're not going to be at a higher version of yourself, you tend to going to get to that place where we get quite wasteful. So if we go back to the idea of that 30% version of yourself, and I have to admit, in the last couple of days of my holidays, I was a little bit like that. You know, I was getting to that place where I was kind of jumping on my iPhone and playing games for a couple of hours and just kind of wasting time. And that place there is not the place where you're going to be able to implement your New Year's resolutions. Like if you're in a place where you're dissatisfied, you're unmotivated, and all the rest of it, what do you reckon your chances are of adding in an hour a day to improve or to create the life of success? Or to, to be able to meditate in your day? It's highly unlikely that's going to happen. So the first thing I want to really get you to do is to do this. Identify the tools and strategies that you use when you have an 80% plus day. And then, once you've identified them, is to put them in place. Okay, so that's the most important thing you need to do first. Secondly, so then we start to think about New Year's resolutions. So then what you've got to start to think about is, what is the change that you want to create? And that's where we can go back to the value of New Year's resolutions. Because as I was saying earlier on, the real value of a New Year's resolution is it's a time of reflection. And if we have honest reflection, it will help us identify maybe two or three areas in our life where we really want to change. So I look upon my New Year's resolutions, and my New Year's resolutions really identified more creative output. That was what I really wanted for this year. So when I say that, it probably will be around music. It will probably be around getting my second book written. Uh, it will probably be around some self-expression stuff. So uh, most of the areas, like with exercise, obviously exercise is my life. But, you know, that's the area where when I did self-reflection and thought, if I wanted to create change this year, and probably performing as a musician, you know, if I wanted to create change this year, that's where I would want to create it. You know, more creative output is what I'm thinking for myself. So when you think of your New Year's time in that self-reflection moment, what was the area or areas that you really wanted to get right? For a lot of people, some of the common ones we're going to see is health, fitness, creative endeavors, hobbies, uh, maybe connection time. These are some of the areas that um, growing, like learning, these are some of the areas that commonly will come up at that time. So while you're listening to this right now, what was the area that you wanted to get in place or create change in this year? Because I think one thing that's really important to acknowledge is change is really hard, especially if you've got a routine. Like, implementing change in your life is really hard. So then the second thing to do is identify what area you want to create change. And, and I wouldn't say 10 areas. You might pick one or two. You know, two areas is probably a good place to start. So you might say, I want to improve my health by increasing my exercise and managing my diet better. That's a really good way to look at this problem. Okay, so by the end of this year, I'll have an exercise routine in place and I'll have good tools around managing nutrition in my life. That's what you want to think about. 
So now you've identified the areas that you want to create shift in. And again, we'll just use this example of health and we're saying movement and nutrition. Then what you want to think about is how we fit that into your current routine. Okay, so again, if we're trying to be the 80% version of ourselves and we're using those good tools and strategies that we know work for us and we've put them in place, we are going to be the shifts that you can make around movement and nutrition in those with that routine in place. And this, this is a really important thing because ultimately what we're looking for here is when am I going to take action that will create change? When am I going to create action that's going to create change? So I know I'm pretty full on with this stuff. And I'm thinking about creative output. That's one thing I've been thinking about. Now, I've really th- I've thought about this in some really interesting ways. So one way that I've, I've thought about creative output is the content I am listening to. I listen to a lot of books and podcasts just when I'm doing my everyday activities. And I like to listen to business books um, and kind of mind books, like behavior and all those types of things, when it comes to the books, the, the audio books that I listen to. And then for podcasts, I tend to like to listen to entertainment. I like comedians, um, you know, movie reviews and those types of things. Well, one thing I'm trying to do is I'm going to listen to more podcast from creative musicians and why is that well because whenever I listen to that type of stuff it makes me want to create more so that's a that's a behavior that I'm implementing in place which I'm almost using as a bit of motivation I can also use it to learn techniques that they use for songwriting so that's one thing that I've got to put in place secondly when I sit down to do my objectives for my piano playing I'm setting out time for jamming and writing Third thing I'm going to do is one of my friends, Sean, this year, last year, he did a, a music production course. So I'm going to find out about him about music production because often I'll write a song, but I don't necessarily know how to implement it or get it on the computer. So I'm going to do a course around music production. So you can see what I'm doing here is I'm looking at the actions I'm going to take, which are going to help me create the objective I want to, or the change that I want to create in this year. The change I want to create is more creative output. The, the actions I'm going to take is to listen to podcasts, to plan my sessions which have more creative time in it, to learn skills around how to actually make music or, or the production of music on the computer. Now, the thing about that works really well in this system that I've had in place is when I'm at that 80% version of myself and I plan that stuff into my day, there's a real high chance it's going to happen. Like it just happens because I've planned that stuff in really well. And that's what I want you to think about. I want you to identify what's the change you want to have. What actions you'd need to take to create that change. So let's just go back to this movement and nutrition. Well, movement, some some changes you could create is to find a group that would be really good for someone of your fitness ability to help you achieve a goal that you'd be proud of. Okay, that's a really good place. That's, that's a great way to to try to take on exercise. I'm not a big believer. If you're not exercising, you should try to do it by yourself. It, it just doesn't work. Well, it does sometimes. But if we go percentages, you're better off to find a group that's got a great leader, right level, creates fun environment, that's got, um, you know, sets a goal that you'd be proud of. That's a really good way to think about it. Uh, so that would be in your action plan. You might say, this week, my first action is to find a group. So you're going to explore some groups. Then next week, it would be to go along and, and just have the first session with the group. So you can see how your action plan is leading you towards the change that you want to create. With nutrition, 
You might say, okay, well, my first, my strategy, my plan is to create better nutrition choices throughout the year. My actions I'm going to take is to do the thing that I talked about a while ago in my podcast, is to spend two weeks reviewing what I'm currently eating. So you could get the MyFitnessPal app and just do that monitoring of what you eat. You could identify some strategies around things like food planning, like I do with my client. You can then put some things in around maybe calorie reduction or, or nutritional changes around macros and micros, you know, all of those types of things. So you're looking for incremental change that will ultimately help you wake up at some point this year where that's the new norm for you. Now you can see what I'm doing here. I'm making you think about New Year's resolutions in a way where there's a much higher chance you actually achieve them. Because if I go back to this whole idea of it's a wasted opportunity for you just to kind of have this reflection moment and not create any change from it. If anything... The sad thing about that moment is it just creates a disappointment in ourselves and it creates this kind of self-affirmation that I can never create change. Because if you have this moment in your year based on a time where you go, I want to create change around health and I want to move more and eat better and you wake up three months later and you're not moving more and you're eating the same or if not worse, how does it make you feel about yourself? What does that tell you about your identity? Whereas if you sit back and you go, okay, well the first thing I need to do before I even start implementing the change I'm trying to create is I need to get myself in a higher version of myself. So I'm going to reflect upon those tools, those strategies that help me do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then I'm going to get them in place. So I'm going to really focus on this first period of just getting myself in that, that place I talked about before where I feel I've got that, that, that wind pushing me forward with purpose and direction. Then from there I'm going to sit down, identify those areas. Again, the, the example I use is health, food and movement. But for you it might be different, it might be learning, it might be meditation, it might be creative, whatever it is for you. And once I'm at that higher vision myself, I'm going to think about the action plan that will get me to from where I am today to where I want to get to at my end point. And then each week, as I stay in that higher version myself, I'm just looking to implement the actions that build that into my life. Now, when we think about New Year's resolutions, I can guarantee that if you do this strategy, A, I find your highest level. B, identify the areas, C, set an action plan, and then D, do the actions, there's a much higher chance. I can almost, or I guarantee you're going to wake up in your future with that resolution in place. Now, what's cool about this way of doing it is it's not just that, you know, you get this one thing done. You can get, you can take the system into, into other areas once you've got that area. So again, like I was saying before, I don't think you, you know, like this list of 31 New Year's resolutions, I don't think you should be aiming for 31. I think it's a good idea just to aim for one or two. Like I remember my dad was an alcoholic, and I, I, I remember this, I don't know why I remember this, but when I was about five he went through, uh, it, it was called Mahu, which was basically an alcoholic's treatment. And, um, and I remember he was a smoker at the time as well. And God, I'm like 40 talking. Okay, it's crazy I remember this. But I remember one thing that they said to them at the time is don't try to give up drinking and smoking at the same time. Try give up drinking. And once you've got that, then you can approach smoking. And often when it comes to change, people just try to change everything at once. And it's a, it doesn't, you know, they don't change. So they get to that place of I'm never going to change. I'm just stuck in this place. 
I want you to get to the place where you do change. And to me, a much better strategy is just to do kind of like the alcoholic does. <laughs> just work on one, maximum two things at a time. Work on it. Use the strategy I've talked about today. Implement the strategy. Then when you've created change in that area, then you go, you know what? I'm pretty good at my movement and, and, my, and my diet now. And actually, going back to the client I was talking about before. So she had done really well since November with her diet. She'd nailed it because she'd found a system and she consistently with it, was consistent with it. So then last session I talked to her and I said, what's another area of your life you can improve on? And she said, oh, at night time. At night time, I can just waste my night. I can tend to eat, you know, bad food. You know, so once she gets home, it was a really bad time of day for her. It was a time that damaged her life. And so we, we talked about, oh, how does she improve at night time? And we talked about strategies, we talked about actions, we talked about objectives. You know, we, we just went deep into, okay, well, now she's on top of nutrition. What's the next area to work on? And this is a great way to create overall change in the long term. Because you're just winning one area, and then once you've won that area, it's going to another area, and the new the new areas that you work on become the new norms, and you become a higher version of yourself. So if you want to get to the end of 2020, if you want to get to the end of this decade, having created massive change in your life, this is a really good way to think about it. So just to recap, the first thing you've got to do is to get back to your highest level of yourself. This isn't rocket science, just go to what you know. What are the tools and strategies I've used in the past that have taken me to my highest level? From there, go back to that time you use for a reflection to identify the area that you want to really kind of work on first. The example I used was health and fitness. From there, what are the areas within that health and fitness you want to create change in? The one I used was movement and diet. And then what are the actions that I want to take each week that help me move more towards a habit of this being the norm? Then implement the actions and work down that path. If you do this, do you think you'll be a higher version of yourself? And if the answer is yes, don't just listen to this and think it's a good idea. Sit down and do the work. Radio team, that's this show pretty much done and dusted. <laughs> very enthusiastic about that um hopefully some good stuff to think about there um i just love that place when you feel you've got purpose uh yeah because i listened to a really cool podcast of myself the other day um on discipline <coughs> well actually it wasn't on discipline it was by with an athlete called Ellery hanley now for those who know rugby league um, I know it's a very global audience, but rugby league's a sport that's very popular in New, New Zealand, Australia, and the UK. Um, there was a player called Ellery Hanley, who was basically one of the greatest players of all time. And he's not someone who does a lot of interviews, but I listened to an interview with him, and man, it was the definition of self-discipline. Um, humble as well, uh, but man, he just he just self-disciplined like you wouldn't believe. It was just, it was inspiring. And it made me think about self-discipline. I've been setting these little self-discipline challenges for myself. Um, like little things, like uh, we had some friends over, we had Joe's family over for dinner last night. And um, we, had, Joe put some, they always put food out beforehand. You know, we have dinner and then dessert and food out beforehand. And normally I can, you know, eat a little bit of food beforehand. But I just kind of set this challenge, don't eat any of the food beforehand. 
not because I'm trying to lose weight or anything. It was just a good little self-discipline challenge. And uh, I loved it. It was cool. It was just cool learning about self-discipline. Um, but really good. Just, it is good to set those little challenges for yourself. Those little, you know, go into an environment and, and see if you can have some self-discipline. And, and then see how you go. Maybe I'll do a podcast on this because I was, yeah, I just loved it. I just was so inspired by him. You know, this guy who was an amazing athlete, you know, and you could see why his self-discipline was so important. Like you're saying, he, he basically he just trained like no one ever trained. And he said the advantage of it was in the last 20 minutes of the game, he never felt tired. So in the last 20 minutes of the game where most guys are fatiguing, he was like, no, I've got this. And just that confidence that came from the extra work he did outside of what was required. But then post his career, he, you know, he wanted to learn music and language, so he started learning the piano, and uh, he, he was pretty, he's obviously pretty kind of ainly self-disciplined, but he learned that he could only really play piano for 32 minutes, and then he loses his focus, so his self-discipline was to play for 32 minutes a day, uh, you know, I just found it really inspiring, so it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, I want to say thank you to all the patrons of the show, if you want to become a patron, go to bevanjamesisles.com. The support me button or on the podcast section, you can go there and the support button as well. If you want to send, um, put some feedback or a review on one of the podcatchers, that would be really great as well. Uh, I'm going to read out some of the podcatchers we get. We've got one here from Stitcher, from Andy, and it's got, I really appreciate so much the balance that this podcast brings to my training and my life. I do enjoy the sort of self-improvement audiobooks such as Seven Highly Habits of Effective People. Um, I'm oh, sorry, the seven habits of highly effective people and excuses be gone. This program strikes a balance between physical fitness and emotional psychological wellness. There is a potential blend of ingredients that I appreciate and find myself looking forward to game on. So thank you, Andy, so much for writing that review. If you can write a review on whatever podcatcher you listen to, it just really helps to, nowadays, you know, it's one way that the podcatchers will give you some more attention. So appreciate that. Also, if you want to share the podcast to your friends on social media or anything like that, that's also really appreciated as well. And lastly, each time I release the show, I email it out to people who are on my database. If you want to do that, just go to my website. There's a little kind of form to fill out on there. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. I've actually got an interview lined up with uh, a fellow fitness professional, so we look forward to that. Anyway, rock on. I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time.